Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got Coming Around Again with Billboard.com Senior Associate Editor Andrew Unterberger. Andrew will be talking about the 10th anniversary of the big Kanye West versus 50 Cent sales showdown this week back in 2007. Andrew will be talking with Billboard.com's hip-hop editor, Carl Lamar, about their memories of the big showdown, how Kanye and 50's albums Graduation and Curtis hold up a decade later, and what two artists could have an equivalent battle in 2017. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So a lot was made of the Kanye versus 50 Cent battle when they dropped their albums Graduation and Curtis on September 11th, 2007. But did you know that there was another superstar that dropped an album that very same day? Kenny Chesney! He released his album Just Who I Am, Poets and Pirates, the same day as Graduation and Curtis. And Kenny ultimately debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 chart behind Graduation and Curtis. And, you know, Kenny did pretty all right himself in the sales department as the album started with 387,000 copies sold. That is a really big number. And turns out the set became his sixth top 10 album on the Billboard 200 chart. At this point, Kenny now has 13 top 10 albums. And if you were wondering, Kanye has eight top 10s and 50 Cent has six top 10 albums. So let's get into the Kanye versus 50 Cent discussion on Coming Around Again. Hello and welcome to Coming Around Again, Billboard's anniversary theme podcast celebrating anniversaries in the music world. Uh, this week we got flashback to the, the heavyweight showdown of 2007, uh, and that's Kanye West versus 50 Cent. Here to discuss with us, we got our Billboard hip hop editor, Carl Lamar, making his, his Billboard podcast debut. What's up, Carl? Hello, hello. How you doing, Andrew? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks for coming on with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Uh, and so this was, you know, the September 11th, 2007 is a, right. a date that I think... Every every music fan remembers to some extent. Uh, third albums coming out from both Fifty Cent and Kanye West, uh, Curtis and Graduation. You know, the, the the release dates. Uh, yeah, I think it was a coincidence that they ended up being on the same date. But mm-hmm. uh, once uh, once they settled into it, you know, Kanye was like, "I'm cool with it." If he's cool with it, and, and then Fifty Cent just kind of took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that every everybody who was involved with you know music media or just like a hip hop fan at the time, uh, you know, they have their own memories associated with it. What, what are your kind of memories of that week? Man, I was a freshman at Howard University, All right. and in the back of my mind, I really thought that Fifty was going to just destroy Kanye. Really, I did because I was a huge Fifty fan at the time. I was okay. also a Kanye fan, but 
if you look at it, 50's resume, I go all the way back to mixtape 50, sure. power of a dollar 50. He just had a streak, a competitive streak, and nobody could stop him at the time. So I really thought that 50 had a good chance of taking him down. I Get Money was huge on the on the campus. Sure. <laughs> so a lot of my friends, especially from New York, we had a, we had a strong inkling that 50 would be able to destroy Kanye, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I think they forget looking back at it, but like at the time, like Fifty Cent, he was reaching levels that like nobody in hip hop had ever reached before. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. I uh, mean, he had a classic album, Get Rich, the Opus, right there. The Massacre, I think he did eight point five on that one point four week one. Yeah, and in like a short week too. He only yeah, had, three this, days. that's what I had forgotten about. He had like uh, he sold over a million in four days. And that's, there you go. That's that's pretty insane. That that you know, I think that maybe people didn't. You know, the reception of that album wasn't quite as strong as it was for Get Rich, but right. uh, you know, Candy Shop was the number one. Uh, just a little bit, Disco Inferno. Certainly, yeah. like, he was still like you know as bulletproof now. Not not literally bulletproof, of course, but uh, commercially <laughs> bulletproof as, as anybody in hip hop at the time. But no, but yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. by the time graduation, you know, Kanye West obviously you know he had he had had he had had number one hits. He had had major albums, and he had actually beaten. Uh, 50 for the best uh, the best rap album at the Grammys I think a couple yeah. years earlier so mm-hmm. he, he was certainly on that level too mm-hmm. uh, were you surprised by, by what kind of reception graduation got? No because I was a huge college dropout fan mm-hmm. to me college dropout is Kanye's best body of work alright you know um, so he came with college dropout and then late registration he was two for two in my eyes so despite him bringing emo rap <laughs> I, I did think he had a, a, a solid chance of being a, a good competitor to take out 50 and then mm-hmm. he just trounced him he destroyed him 957,000 copies yeah unbelievable that's, number yeah that's that's just insane but you know that just you know it, it went on to show that gangster rap was just on the decline mm-hmm. And then emo rap was coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember like there were quotes from Fifty at the time saying like, uh, you know, that, that he was basically saying like I was so popular that like the next guy that came along they just wanted somebody that was different from me like in any way. Right. And that ended up being Kanye, obviously, who you know was less conventional with the masculinity and uh, you know a yeah. little bit more diverse with his music, but uh, definitely less in, the, in like the traditional hip hop mold than Fifty. Pink now, polos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago at this point, but right. uh, like so when the actual albums came out, mm-hmm. uh, did, did you have a preference between the two? Is, is it... it was easily graduation by a landslide, mm-hmm. by a landslide production. Uh, the lyricism, I for for me, like I said, in contrast to the last two albums, I think Kanye rose the bar lyrically for himself sure. on on graduation and then curtis i feel like 50 just had a sharp decline lyrically production everything i think when he had a couple of singles he was just throwing out there and they were just failing miserably at the time yeah i remember that at the time where it was like you would see you would see a video for a new one and then like you would hear like a different song on the radio Big, and be like wait, yeah. wait, wait a minute straight to the yeah. bank and then he tried amusement park. Yeah, just just not hitting on the same level. But I, yeah. I had forgotten until you know you, you uh, we'd, we'd had a, a freelancer for Billboard did a really cool interview with an engineer on the album. His name was Anthony Kilhoffer, I think. Yeah, uh, pointed out that there were like five big singles off of Graduation. Which I, I I you know I remembered one or two of them, but I had forgotten you know, I'd forgotten that, that all these were on the same album. That's can't tell me nothing. Yeah, stronger, mm-hmm. good life, flashing lights, and homecoming. Homecoming, maybe you know the odd one out of that bunch. Maybe right. not like the classic th- mm. that the others are, but like those are four unbelievable singles. Can't uh, tell me nothing to this day. You you play it anywhere at any time. 
and people will just go crazy. No lyric for lyric, word for word with no problem. When I saw Kanye performing at the Meadows last year, it was just mm-hmm. a thunderous performance. Yeah, and that, that song, like I, I've always looked, looked at that song as like if, if you want to kind of encapsulate like what made Kanye the man, like especially in two thousand and seven. Like, like I don't yeah. know if it's his best song, but that's the song that you go to. Oh yeah, that, definitely, definitely. The swagger was there. Everything yeah. was there for that it, record. It, it, were you a fan of Stronger? That was kind of Kanye going in a different sort of you know EDM. I loved direct. it. Yeah. I loved it because I think, and that's the beauty of uh, graduation: the fact that he was able to stretch the boundaries. Sure. And, and and do it with with such confidence, especially I think he flipped Daft Punk for stronger. Yeah, yeah, harder, so better, faster, t- stronger. To take that, to take that risk, and 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 just deliver an incredible track like that, I was a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of artists taking risk, so for yeah, him to do that. I and mean, this, this that was certainly Kanye on this album. And I think it kind of. This is, like, this is like the first album where he, he does sort of start to go in that like electronic direction. He starts right. to go in a little more of an emotional direction, and like mm-hmm. it. Uh, it stands out from the first two, but it kind of points the way to where he was going, you know, especially with, with 808s and Heartbreak. And, and yeah. I, I kind of see it as like the midpoint album for his career. Yeah. Uh, sort of like, you know, it's, it's still got a lot of that that heavy lyricism of the first mm-hmm. two albums, but yeah, he's starting to push himself sonically. He's starting to get interesting guests and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. but besides those five singles, are there any kind of like deeper cuts in the album, ones, the ones that uh, maybe take you by surprise when you listen to it now? Champion, to this day, Champion. Um, the gusto, just everything, the confidence, the swagger. I love the sample. I think that was a Steely Dan Steely sample. Dan. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to the late Walter Brown. Right, there you yeah. go. <laughs> that, I wonder, that's another classic track. Mm-hmm. A lot of the younger artists I spoke to, they always flash back to I Wonder. Yeah. And how that track kind of just catapulted them into rap. So uh, I Wonder, Champion, Barry Bonds, Lil Wayne. Und- underrated Lil Barry Wayne. Bonds. Yeah, so very underrated. You got to love just any, any song in 2007, like shouting out for Barry Bonds. That's, that's a flashback. Exactly. Right Minus steroids, but I still, <laughs> love, I still love Barry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you mentioned the, that you, know, you did this article, which, which I really enjoyed reading. Thank uh, you. Where you talk to a bunch of younger rappers, they can edit the Made in America Fest, uh, asking them to to kind of shout out their favorite graduation songs, their memories for it. Were, were there any answers that like really stuck with you as, as interesting? Or? I think I think Kyle Kyle uh, Super Duper Kyle. Yeah, uh, we're still not sure which one he's going with. That. He said it's Kyle. He's right. no no. He, I'm I'm sorry. He said it's whatever you want to go with. Right, like depending it's, it's, on the day. Okay, yeah, it's, it's whichever like fits your mood of Kyle at that exactly. particular time. Exactly. He's a yeah. big anime guy, so he said if you watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> super duper Kyle's him going super saiyan okay. so right. um but i would say yeah i definitely would say kyle because i think 10 years back he was maybe 14 and he was Jeez. saying at the time he was getting drunk with his friends uh sipping on wine coolers classic and, 14 <laughs> right sure, yeah. and he, uh, they were just playing i wonder and from then on that kind of gave him the inspiration he needed to pursue music and p- to pursue rap Mm-hmm. And Nick Grant was another one who vividly remembered the moment Kanye performed Big Brother on 106 and Park. Sure, yeah. He got everything down pat as far as like what he was wearing. Um, him, Jay Z coming on stage after Big Brother to perform Encore. So a lot of these new wave MCs, they have a fond appreciation for for a graduation ten years later. 
Yeah, and that's what really struck me reading the piece is that, like, you know, sometimes you talk to younger artists about stuff that happened 10, 20 years ago. Right. And, like, they maybe have, like, a vague memory of it, and they're like, oh, is that the one with this song on or whatever? But, like, no, it seems like it seems like everybody you talk to, like, they have these, like, really vivid recollections. Yeah, I, 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 some of them uh, who, who weren't able to make the cut. <laughs> well, they didn't make the final article. Exactly. Right? They uh, didn't make the final article. They they struggled as far as they were saying, hey, is that the one where Stacey Dash was in the video? Ooh, yeah. Two albums off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but then again, these kids are 18, 19, so I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But artists like Nick, Kyle, Vic, they were able to do their due diligence and go back. Yeah, and those are the guys you'd expect to be able to kind of pinpoint those very specific Kanye moments. Exactly. If they can't, can't, like, recall those pretty pretty quickly and pretty, like, vividly, then I don't know who would be able to. Exactly. Uh, But you mentioned Big Brother, and that's one song that I wanted to give a special shout-out to because... I don't know. Like that—that that was the song that really stunned me the first time I listened to it. You know, uh, obviously Kanye—he's never been a particularly guarded dude. He's always kind of put stuff out there, but like, it's like like the hurt in that the song, vulnerability. Or, yeah. yeah, the vulnerability is just, <laughs> like like even for Kanye, it, it was really striking to me at the time. Like, right. like and, and like it's, it's kind of petty in a way that like like most hip hop artists wouldn't let themselves be at that time. Where right. it talks about like, oh, I had a song with Coldplay, then Jay had a song with Coldplay, <laughs> and his song with Coldplay is actually on the album. Yeah. But like. Yeah, that that, that that song and the synths are so good. I, I, I love that one. And like, even though it's kind of gotten a bum rap and, and sort of deservedly so, I do want to shout out Drunk, Drunken Hot Girls, <laughs> which is like a very stupid song. I don't think it anyone is, would argue but, about but that. But it worked. It worked. Yeah, it's got this this weird kind of like like slurred and like, nause, and like, like nauseous feeling mm-hmm. to it. And like it goes on forever. Like, right. It's the longest song on the album, but it shouldn't work. But I, I don't know something about it. The can sample. It's, it's, it's so weird. It's such a bizarre song to be like the, the centerpiece of the album, but I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for it. I'm not even sure. I why. get it. I mean, I think the, the features were definitely underrated, mm-hmm. you know, his ability to, to, to tap on most, I think most is on two tracks. He got premiere to do the scratches for everything I am. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah and then cool. and then to to tap T Pain for that was a hell of a hook for oh, for good, good life. life. That's yeah. a classic for sure. That, that that's the one song. That, like I don't think you need to know. Like like some of these some of the songs on this album like they sound better in the context of the album right. or like you know you need to know what's going on in Kanye's career up to mm-hmm. that point. But like good life that that's a timeless song. Put that on any time anywhere yeah. like that that mm-hmm. that that'll, that'll get it moving. And then the sample itself the the PYT, PYT sample sure, yeah. which I found out years later because it's not even like the main hook it's of the. So Discreet, yeah. It's this little, like, little kind of squeaking outro to the end right. of it. Like, what, what an ear to, like, hear that and be able to make, like, mm-hmm. such a, like, a classic hook around it. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we talked to you know, mostly about uh, about graduation here. Uh, Curtis, like, e- even though, you know, we talked about it's definitely not strongest album. Right. Uh, and definitely sort of represented the beginning of the end for him in terms of, like, being one of the, one of the guys in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Still did 691,000 first week. <laughs> And and we were talking yeah. about this because uh, it was something I wrote a couple days ago. Like that, that's the best sales week that any any artist has ever had and not been number one. And it also would be like if he mm-hmm. if he did six hundred ninety one thousand this year, that would be the best sales week that anyone had this year. Which was interesting because I was thinking after I read your piece, is Curtis a good album, a standalone by itself? Had it not you know go one on one with Kanye that mm-hmm. day, would people have destroyed it? Yeah, it, it's it certainly did itself no favors yeah. by, by you know going up against the guy who clearly was his artistry was on another level and it was still improving. Whereas right. you know, Fifty Cent, like he was good at what he was good at, exactly. But he didn't really <laughs> want to stretch himself in those ways, and you know he he was maybe getting a little lazy with some of his beats and hooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
again, like like you, know, you mentioned, I get money. That's that's a classic single. I think most classic, people would say. Yeah. Uh, Ao Technology, the first single with Timbaland and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Not maybe. You know, it's a, no one's going to confuse. I think it was the top club, five on the Hot 100. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and you know that, that was a hit. That was a good song. Uh, are there any other songs on that album you want to shout out as maybe being a little underappreciated in retrospect? He had the song with, I think it was All of Me with uh, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, that's, that that's was a, a good, good song. Um, Come and Go with Dr. Dre. Just <laughs> it, was, it was a nostalgic feel just to hear him and Dre on a track together. Yeah, you, you didn't get those uh, those Dre beats or Dre verses anywhere in 2007. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So. so just to have him, even on the hook, yeah. I, I, I'll take that. But 50, he had a lot of misses, man. Peep Show was a Oof. miss. Yeah. The Eminem verse on Peep Show. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> Even by 2007 Eminem standards, he was definitely not like yeah. spitting fire those Black days. Lackluster with a couple yeah. with a capital L. Uh, um, I think they had fire with with Young Buck and uh, the girl from the Pussycat Dolls, uh, Nicole. Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah. yeah, that was another dud. Yeah, uh, certainly enough duds to go around there. Right. I, I do. I do love Straight to the Bank just because I like his like rich guy laugh. It's like, ha, 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 ha. I, I, I always gave me a feel of wanting to play Monopoly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even know why that is. I guess that's, it's his uh, kind of like oral impersonation right. of Monopoly guy's voice. If you can hear what he sounded like. Right. Uh, also give it up for I'll Still Kill. That was that was Cold a great beat. record. That Good was hook. a great record. Uh, Follow My Lead was another underappreciated track, I would okay. say. Yeah, amusement park. Yeah, not he, cutting it. I don't know. It, it, it was weird because I I remember distinctly like he was dropping videos. It was straight to the bank. It just faltered. Right. Then it was amusement park tanked, and he was just trying to throw anything out there that would stick. Mm-hmm. And I think the last one it was AO Technology, and then I get money, and then I still kill. Things were starting to pick up a little bit, but. It was yeah, too late. The, the a little too late. Never really, yeah. never really recaptured that. A little uh, too late. And I think you kind of alluded to earlier, and certainly a lot of other people have kind of you know theorized that this might have been the moment where New York kind of lost the center of hip hop. Is that yeah. fair to lay at Curtis's feet, or is, is that kind of overstated? Like, uh, I, I mean, it, you you got to think about it. I think Jay dropped the Black Album 2003, and then he took a, a, a good hiatus. It was 50 from 03. Sure, yeah. To, to 07 that was really uh, taking over New York and after that uh, Jay came back uh, Kingdom Come eh yeah <laughs> Diplomats were fading a little right. bit right Blueprint 3 was a, was, a, was a good album to me and if you're talking maybe uh, yeah, it's tough it was tough ASAP Rocky came out 2013 yeah, yeah early this yeah. decade sure so it was it was hard to find that distinct king a la 50 that yeah. was really taking over the city and the tri-state do you see that happening again <sighs> with the caliber of artists out now no or is it just no. a thing of like people being too kind of locked into a past image of new york and the kind of very traditional boom bap mc or is like like is the next new york guy or girl like just going to be someone completely out of the mold you think I think so. I think so, especially yeah. with hip hop where it's going right now. I appreciate the boom bap. Sure. I come from the the boom bap era. I love a Joey badass. I love what Action Bronson was able to do with Blue Chips. But those but, dudes are throwback dudes, basically. Yeah, yeah, you throwback hear, you hear dudes. Them, exactly. They evoke a time and place, but it's not this time and place. And you know. know, a lot of New York artists, what they tend to do, they have a tendency of trying to sound like other areas of sure. down south. A fabulous, he'll sound a little bit like he's from Atlanta. A French he'll, he'll ride the wave. Yeah, yeah. Th- those dudes, they'll, they'll ride the wave wherever. Exactly. They're sure. good, you know, in their own right, but I can't count on them to hold down a, a tri-state area. Sure. 
So it's 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 tough. They're gonna have to come with a whole different style and appeal. And, and fifty himself, like, do, do you ever see him kind of having a comeback moment? I mean, he's still visible because he's got you know business deals, he's got TV shows, but like the the, the music has just not been there for him. Like, do you see him having like maybe like a you know four forty four type moment, or is that just <sighs> oh, is, man? Is it, is it just the past the point of no return? You know what point? it is. I tried to give fifty a, a chance on Animal Ambition. I I had forgot oh, that album even came out. By the way, like, I, I was kind of page. you know what it is, and I think I was talking to Dan about it. And I appreciate that album. It, it, it's good to an extent. It would have been good 2008. Mm-hmm. It's just his problem, I think, now is his ear for production. He's yeah, kind of dated. It's, it's never, and it's, it was never that sharp in the first place. Right. I mean, he, he had help, obviously. You know, he had, he had Dre yeah, and he Dre, had some, yeah. uh, some other big names, you know, Tim Blaine on the first single of this album. But right. you're, you're right. That like when, when he kind of goes to his own guys, the, 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 the beats kind of tend to be, you know, inspired, a little, yeah. little heavy sounding, not, not really anything that really moves the needle for him but right. yeah but maybe maybe it's just the uh, kind of the question of finding his own no idea like the guy, the guy who can kind of like mm, get, in, yeah. get get like locked in with him and get nice chemistry developed and maybe come out with something a little bit you know more personal a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. i don't know that, that's something i'd like to see because i i think the 50 cents an interesting guy and i think yeah. that he has maybe like one shot left in him i think i think he's just completely over hip-hop at this point he's maybe, doing yeah. 50 central <laughs> he's, 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 he's in that, like, he's power. In that, that, yeah. that business mode now i guess i would love to like you said i would love to see him do one more album but it, it's really important for him to grab the right producer mm-hmm. to just pull it out of him so do you have an idea for that you have somebody that you want to i think if he is listening he, I would say Dr. Dre, <laughs> but that's <laughs> be a great one, in his own yeah, yeah he's in his he, own headspace right now. So yeah. he's in his own world. And like looking back now, I mean, it's the internet's favorite thing to do. They'll do, they'll do it, you know, any, any excuse for to, to rank Kanye albums. Right. But uh, where does graduation <sighs> fall in the, the the Kanye hierarchy for you? Uh, definitely top three. Okay, uh, I'm still sticking with College Dropout one. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is two. Mm-hmm. And then graduation three. Sometimes I'll switch two and three depending on the day. Okay. But college dropout is just supreme in my eyes. It's actually, number one for me. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's kind of like the the inner contrarian in me. I don't know, mm. but like you know, it's, it's the one album that doesn't seem to have that like that like obvious place in Kanye's discography. Right. Where like it doesn't say anything about you as a Kanye fan to rep for graduation. Whereas you know, if you, you're making a statement, if you say like Oh Yeezus or 808s or even College Dropout, <sighs> I, but, I never could. I never was able to get to to listen to Yeezus. I just couldn't. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. It was definitely like a little bit too far in that yeah, direction for me. Production, but, yeah, it was a little too far left. But uh, like graduation's right in that middle for me. Like it's it's not. Mm. It does it doesn't make you feel like it's it's not it's not as dated to a time and place for me. I, right. I don't know. Maybe you know college dropout. I love that album, but I hear yeah. it and it sounds like two thousand three, two thousand four to me. All <laughs> right. But graduation, I don't know. I, I feel like it's aged better than some people give it credit for. I don't know. So I, I've enjoyed listening to it again this, this last week and preparing for this podcast. And uh, it's a really interesting moment in time, I think. And I, I was thinking about how. Like this is one of the last like big moments in hip hop and in music media yeah. where it's like before Twitter like really took over the mm-hmm. discourse and before like you know think pieces and kind of the content era. So it was it was nice to be able to actually like kind of sit back and just kind of watch the fight. Like right, I, like today you know you'd be having to come up with like takes and takes and you'd be debating on Twitter for for you know Exhausting, weeks and months. Yeah. But like this, this was this was kind of a, like a, a sort of a. a I don't know if a pure moment, but it was just like a fun moment, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, 50 was always the entertainer. Sure. He's like the carnival barker kind of hype man. Exactly, exactly. So he thrived in that arena. Um, I'm just curious to see if at this point in time in 2017, if we'll be able to ever have something 
of that kind of battle again. Yeah, I mean, even if they did it, like, would they do it in terms of, like, first week sales? I feel like, like, the, like the playing field has changed so much these days that I don't even know if these artists would, would really consider that to be, like, the ultimate fight. And maybe it would be, like, I don't know. I think it depends on who. Yeah, maybe. I think it depends on who. So, like, if you had to choose, like, two rappers right now that could kind of have that sort of thing where, like, one person oh. represents, like, the, the old vanguard and one percent kind of presents the new wave and they're just sort of on equal footing, do you, do you have, like, a you, you have a heavyweight bout in mind for that? I would say just because contrasting styles, Drake and Kendrick. That would be really interesting. Yeah. I think that, that's that's a really good call, I think. And, and it's yeah. two guys where everyone sort of has an opinion. And, right. And, like, there's no obvious front runner between the two of them at this point. I, I honestly can't say I would not know who would win that battle. Yeah, no, we have to wait hard. and see. It's hard. So hopefully we'll be on this podcast 10 years from now talking about Drake versus Kendrick. That would be epic. Yeah. <laughs> that would be epic. All right, Carl Lamar, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's thank you great. for having me, sir. Right. I appreciate it.